0: We've been in a series called The King, uh, and it's about the wise men or the magi, as they're known, and the gifts that they brought Jesus. And so uh, the story of that is found in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, if you remember, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? For we saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. Now, we have the story of the wise men and we've been learning about the last few weeks. We've already established the fact that we really don't know how many wise men there were. Now, we assume three because there were three gifts, but probably there were a lot more. We also established that. We think they're from the area of what would have been known as uh, as kind of the Persia area. And that they had known to look for the king of the Jews because of the work of Daniel over 600 years before. The prophecies that he had taught them when they were in captivity. And so we read about their gifts in verse 10 and 11. When they saw the star, they were filled with what kids? What were they filled with? Joy, just what we were talking about. They entered the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down. They worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So those are kind of unusual gifts. Uh, I'll be honest. Like if you were a kid today and you got gold, frankincense, and myrrh, you would be a little let down. You'd be like, why did I get this? But these gifts had a lot of significance. We talked about gold that showed the kingship of Jesus because gold was valuable. It was the gift for kings and uh, it showed that Jesus would be the king. Uh, The frankincense we talked about last week, it showed the priesthood of Jesus and shows that Jesus would be our great high priest who would offer his life as a sacrifice and that he understands us. And then today we're going to talk about the gift of myrrh. Now, uh, a lot of you probably don't know a lot about myrrh. And and thinking about this, I didn't really quite, um, I don't know, in, in planning this message, uh, you know, myrrh was a burial spice, right? And so uh, it didn't really hit me that we would have all the kids up here in the morning, uh, on Christmas morning, to talk about a burial spice. So um, it's going to be interesting today. I'll just tell you that. Um, but here, let me tell you about myrrh. It came from trees. It was similar to frankincense. It was like a resin. But with uh, frankincense, they would uh, make it into like, uh, it was like a, more of a, a powder. Myrrh was kind of formed into an oil. Uh, they used it as, as an antiseptic. Uh, when Jesus on, was on the cross, they offered him the sponge with that to kind of dull the pain, and he refused it. Uh, but we see it really mentioned again, and this is where it's significant uh, in, in the book of John. And in John, it's in chapter 19. Let me just read this. Uh, A couple verses here. It says, with him came Nicodemus. You remember Nicodemus, the one that came in the middle of the night to talk to Jesus. Uh, He brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes. Following Jewish burial custom, they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices and long sheets of linen cloth. And so after Jesus' death on the cross, we see this myrrh mentioned again. And so we see it mentioned at the birth of Jesus and we see it mentioned at the death of Jesus. And so there's a lot of significance there and we're going to talk about this uh, this morning for the next few minutes. And so here's the first thing I want to just share with you this morning, the gift of myrrh. It shows us that Jesus is the suffering servant that Isaiah prophesied. Uh, It shows us that he is the suffering servant. Now, I love um, the book of Isaiah. Uh, It's so profound because it was written 700 years before the birth of Christ. And yet it tells us so much about Jesus. And so uh, this morning, I want to read to you from Isaiah 53. And not your typical Christmas passage, right? Not your typical Christmas verse here. But it's so, it's so applicable to, to what Christmas is all about because it's why Jesus came. And so we've got to talk, we've got to talk about why did Jesus come. Now, we can celebrate the manger and, and all the animals and the wise men and the whole nativity story. But if we leave out the why, right, we're missing the point of Christmas, And so in Isaiah 53, this is the prophecy 700 years before telling us about Jesus, telling us about the Messiah. It says uh, in verse 3 that he was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him. We looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed. He was treated harshly. Yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong, and he had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. Do you realize how much of that prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus? That's amazing to me. And and, and you look at how can we know the story of Jesus is real. That's part of it, right? There's the archaeological evidence. There's the evidence outside of the Bible. But then there's all of this fulfilled prophecy. And so this is one of the most quoted Old Testament books. And you see why, because it talks about Jesus, I read this week, it said, uh, it seems like when people look at a baby born in a manger, sometimes people seem to say that was a holy event that happened a long time ago. But what does it mean? What does it mean for, for us today? Jesus died on a cross, he rose again. What does that really mean? Why should I follow Jesus? Why should I devote my life to him? When you understand the magnitude of his suffering and the depths of his love, you can't casually say then, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'll just go to church when I have time or I'll just pray on my meals. No, when you understand what he did for us, the declaration of divine love, the only reasonable response is to wholly and completely follow him. And so this morning, we're going to talk about that, right? Here's another thing I want you to know. Jesus was born to rescue us. That's really, if you want to say, why did Jesus come? He came because we needed rescue. He came because we had gotten ourselves in a mess. And he knew the only way to save us was to become one of us. And so we're all familiar with the Christmas story. But we've got to understand the why. Uh, uh, Max Lucado said this. He said, unless you see the shadow of the cross falling on the crib, you don't see the crib clearly at all. And so I want you to visualize that the wise men, they're giving him the gold. They're giving him the frankincense. They're giving him the myrrh, which was, again, kind of a, a burial spice and, uh, that was used for embalming even. This is kind of a weird thing, right? But it's foreshadowing why Jesus came and Jesus even referred back to this right he even talked about this um, in Luke chapter 9 he said this he said the son of man must suffer many terrible things he will be rejected by the elders the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law he will be killed but on the third day he will be raised from the dead then he said to the crowd if any of you wants to be my follower you must give up his own way take up your cross daily And follow me. This is why Jesus came. And he didn't say, I came so that you could have an easy life. I came so that you could just kind of coast through life and not have any problems. He said, I'm going to suffer, and if you follow me, you're going to, it's not going to be easy. You're going to encounter suffering as well. Now, again, Mike, you're saying, Mike, this is kind of a Christmas story. We should be talking about uplifting happy things, but this is important. We've got to understand the why. And he said, right, uh, at Christmas we talk about peace and nativity and calm. And and that's not what happened at the Christmas story. You realize, right, that right after Jesus was born, Herod tried to kill all the babies. You realize they had to flee into Egypt. They couldn't even go back to their own home. His whole life, right, people were out to get him. And he ended up, right, after living uh, that perfect, sinless life, he ended up being crucified for something he didn't do. And so, again, right, he was unjustly condemned just as Isaiah prophesied. And so what Christmas is about, it's about God becoming flesh. About God becoming one of us. It's about Jesus living that perfect life that we couldn't live. Uh, First Peter says this, it says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. It was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That's the gift that God has given. So, so let's talk about that gift because Jesus is God's gift to us we want to talk the best gift ever at Christmas, it's Jesus. And here's why. The gift means that we are loved, right? Typically, when we pick out a gift and we really, like, think about that person, we, we put a lot of time, we sacrifice, we give something that, that's meaningful. That's what God did for us. He sacrificed his own son for us. And, and until you understand that sacrifice, you won't understand God's love. First John three says, "See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children." And that's what we are. Um, he calls us His children. That's what we. Are. That's how much God loves us. Uh, I love reading Max Lucato at Christmas, and he's always got a way with words. And he said this: He said, "No one expected God to come the way He did." Yet the way he came was every bit as important as the coming itself because the manger was a mess. It, the manger is the message. Think about this. When Jesus left heaven, he could have come and, and, and been uh, right in a royal palace as the king of the universe. But where did he come? To the middle of nowhere, a little town in the middle of nowhere uh, that was really kind of a forgotten place. Uh, and that's where he was born, in a manger. In, in, a, in a, 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 really a cave for animals is what we think. He, he, was, he was in that place. And, and, and the Apostle Paul in Philippians, he talked about when Jesus came. And again, this is not your typical Christmas passage, but it talks about Christmas here, right? It says, you must have the same attitude that Jesus, that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God... He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, and he was born as a human being. This talks about, what you know, he left heaven, came to earth. He was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So we see here this connection between his birth birth, and the cross, the manger to the cross, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor, gave him the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's how we know he loved us, right? Uh, he became like us so he could serve us. Uh, Max Lucato again, he said he entered the world not to demand our allegiance, but to Display His affection. And so the gift also means that we can be forgiven. And last week we talked about the theology of forgiveness. And I'm not, I'm not going to rehash all that. But I will just tell you, right, that we talked about Romans 6. It says, the wages of sin is death. But the free, what? The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, and so... God knows what it's like to be human because He was. He was one of us. He understands. He sympathizes. We have the great high priest who became one of us. He understands everything we went through. He was tempted just like us, and yet He did not sin. And so if you missed all that last week, go back and listen to it. But that's the good news is that the gift means that we can be forgiven. But it also means that we can live forever. Now, we've done a lot of mission work in Nicaragua and one of the one of the illustrations I've done with the kids is, um, I'll will find one of the um, really nice like stuffed animals that we take, or some a, a toy or something like that, and we'll get we'll have all the kids together and we're teaching and doing stuff, and I'll pick out the kid that's in the back, right, the one that's like kind of slumped over and not real confident, and I'll have them come up, and I'm like, okay, I have this, and I want to give this as a gift to you. Right? And I like hold it out. And like, if you pick the shy kid, they're always like standing there. They're afraid to come up and get it. And I ask everybody, okay, I, I'm giving them this gift, and this gift is theirs. And do they have it yet? And they're like, no. And I'm like, why not? And they're like, they haven't taken it. And I'm like, well, come up here and get it. And they're like, no. You, they're waiting. And I'm finally like, no, you've got to come and get this gift. And finally, they come up and receive it. And then that's when I can share, right? That's the gift that God has offered us. God has offered us the free gift, but it's not really ours until we receive it, until we take it, until we take possession of it. And we take possession of it when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus. And so we can talk all about the gift of God and how we can receive His love and His forgiveness and His grace and receive eternal life, but we've got to receive the gift. Can you imagine, kids, on Christmas morning, looking at your presents and saying, "Nah, I don't want to open them." Did you do you guys open your presents in a hurry? Do you like rip into them and like tear them? You want to receive. You want what's in that, right? That's what a gift. Does. I mean, we've got to receive the gift that God has offered us. John one says it this way: He says, "But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become." Children of God. So when we believe, we accept the gift that He has given us. And so, um, again, I love Max Locato. He says, That's why I love Christmas. Christmas invites us to believe the wildest of promises. God became one of us so we could become one with Him. He did away with every barrier, every fence, every sin, every bend, every debt, every grave. Anything that might keep us from Him was, de- was demolished. He only awaits our word to walk through the door. And so I want to leave you with this thought this morning, right? That Christmas challenges us to worship completely and to follow Him wholeheartedly. Again, when we go back to the story, Matthew chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, it says, when the wise men showed up, right? When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And then what did they do? The first thing they did, right? They bowed down and they worshipped him. So when they encountered Jesus, their response was joy and worship. Joy and worship. Now, I just want to be honest. At Christmas, I don't think for most people, their main two emotions and responses are joy and worship their stress and fatigue right here lately I mean just think I mean all the cold weather that we've been having and all the frustration and the not having heat and power and uh, all the places you needed to be and not wanting to get out and your response was not joy and worship but that's what Christmas calls us to do and so I love this. And when, when we study the wise men, it says they departed for their own country another way or a different way. And if you kind of unpack the, the original language there, it kind of means that they didn't just leave and go a, a different path. It means they, they left as different people. They were transformed. They were changed. They were no longer the same Wise men that showed up, their encounter it changed everything about them. And so, when we encounter Jesus, we leave, we leave a different way, we leave differently. And so, again, I, this this verse is so much the Christmas story, um, and it's not just Easter; it's Christmas. John three sixteen. For God. Uh, this is how God loved the world. He gave His one, His only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. Can I just tell you, this is the best news? This is the best gift that we could ever receive. Doesn't matter what we've done. You know, when we think about Christmas, we think about Jesus. What we're thinking about is this is how He demonstrated His love to us. This is how much God loves us. He sent Jesus to rescue us. And so I don't know if you're online watching today from your home, from your living room, or you're here today and you're wondering, does Jesus really care about me? Does He care what I'm going through? Does God really even notice my life? I I want you to know, whenever you have those doubts, you look to the Christmas story and you see the answer because He loves you so much that He sent His one and His only Son, Jesus. He sent His Son to to leave the comforts of heaven, to come to earth, to go through this life that we live, to sympathize with us, to show us, to, to live that life that we couldn't live so that we could live with Him forever. That's the gospel. And so this Christmas, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a high pressure guy. I just want to give you this, this, I want to offer you this invitation. Here's the gift that God is offering you. Are you going to receive it or are you just going to look at it and say, Yeah, I know about the gift, but I don't want it. That's not for me. The gift is you can have eternal life when you put your faith and your trust in Jesus. That He offers you the gift of salvation. And so today, that's my question. Do you know Jesus? Do you really know Him? Don't just know about Him, but have you put, <laughs> have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Do you believe in your heart that Jesus is who He says He is? That He is God in the flesh? He came uh, on what we celebrate on Christmas morning, but then He went to the cross for us. And then three days later, God raised Him from the dead, and now... He sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes on our behalf like we talked about last week. And so here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask everybody to pray. Kids, we're going to be really quiet for the next like one minute, okay? We're going to bow our heads and we're going to, have, we're going to take time to talk to God. So let's pray, everybody. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your son, Jesus. And this incredible gift that you have offered us. And while everyone is praying right now, I want to give an invitation to those watching online, to those here today. And just ask, do you know Jesus? If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Now a prayer is just a way of expressing what you believe in your heart. And so there's nothing magical about the words, it's really what you believe in your heart. And so I want to encourage you right now, if you don't know Jesus, if you've not put your faith and your trust in him, right now is your opportunity. Would you just pray with me that, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this free gift, this gift of grace, this gift of Jesus, this gift that we celebrate at Christmas. And so I want my life to be changed. I want to believe in Jesus. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And so, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I I trust Jesus completely. Lord, just help me to follow after Jesus. Help me to receive this gift that you've offered. And I do that by putting my trust in you. By believing in you. By following you. And so, Heavenly Father, this morning I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. If that's your prayer... Jesus heard it and Jesus answered it. And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your your love. We thank you for this Christmas. And we just thank you most of all for Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.